you know, just take a moment right where you are and uh, just maybe close your eyes, take a big deep breath if you're at home. And I just want to invite you to just breathe in the presence of God. We've gathered today, we've gathered in this space to worship, to step back from all of our joys or challenges and be reminded that there is a great and awesome God. And whether you find yourself on a mountaintop or in a valley today, you can know that for a moment you can step back, you can take your hands off from feeling like you've got to hold on to all things and just say, wow, there's this great and awesome God. That's why we're here. If you're someone who doesn't normally come to church or tune into something like this, invite you to just take a moment to be quiet and still and consider this idea that there is an extraordinary God who loves you and has purpose for your life. Just take a moment of quiet reflection. If you're a person of faith in Jesus, just worship him in whatever way feels right for you in this moment. Just delight yourself in it. this moment, we just declare we are here to worship you. We declare we are not the center of the universe. You are. You are good. You are altogether lovely and worthy of our praise and worship. We can only ask and say thank you for your forgiveness for all the ways we fall short. Say, God, we are so delighted gather to worship you today. Lord, I pray that in the moments to come as we open up the scriptures you have inspired and given to us to teach us and instruct us and guide us and lead us to you and to your heart, I pray that they would speak into each of our lives. That we might allow you to calibrate our priorities, our focus, our energy, our attention, We might give you permission to speak into each of our lives. And so, Lord, I pray in this time to come, we would truly uh, worship you by surrendering and submitting to your word, your will, your ways. Just come and speak and lead each one of us. Be present to each person, I pray, in a way that only you can, in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen, amen. Amen. Why don't we give God just a clap and celebration? We're here to worship, here to celebrate him, who he is. And it is great to have you with us. You can grab a seat. I just want to welcome everybody again. If you're online joining us, uh, right here in the room, it's great to be together. If we haven't met, uh, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team here at True North. And, and great to have you here today. And, uh, and it is, as uh, John was saying a little bit ago, it's our Alpha Sunday. We're going to be reflecting a bit on Alpha. If you don't know what that is, you'll hear more about it as we go. Uh, but uh, we're going to kind of dive in to God's Word. You know, as we do, I was, uh, uh, while we were on holidays uh, for a little bit, one of the things that happened around the world that I know a lot of people are pretty excited about uh, is this new uh, show came out called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who's a fan? Hey, huh? We got a few around, and then a lot of people going, man, what are you talking about? Please do not bring that stuff here. Anyway, 
I enjoyed watching this new show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and if you know, you know, and if you don't, you're annoyed. But anyway, uh, I watched it with my son Levi, it was great, and it kind of got us set on re-watching a lot of Star Wars, and so then we started watching the next, yeah, it's the Star Wars thing, and uh, so then we started watching, but one of the famous uh, moments in one of the Star Wars movies, the original Star Wars movie, the 1977 one, uh, it, there's this moment where the rebels, uh, the you know, the good guys are up against the Death Star, and even if you don't like Star Wars and are already uh, hoping the Star Wars bit will be over soon, you might know about the Death Star. This huge space station, it can blow up planets, and, but the good guys, they've got this mission to try and blow it up, and it's going to be a hard mission, it's going to be challenging, and at the end, they, what they've got to do is they have to like fly through uh, this tunnel, this canyon, and there's lasers shooting at them, and if they get a little to the left or right, they're probably going to miss it and blow up. They've got uh, you know, other spaceships pursuing them, and they've got to stay focused through all this and hit this little tiny target, just two meters wide, it's like a wombat anyway. You know, it's not very big, uh, or Womp Rat, actually. I think it, you know, they've got this tiny target. Am I right, Boz? I should, you know, I need to check my work here. But, you know, they're in this. And then there's this phrase, kind of famous from the movie, and the phrase is this. One of the pilots going, stay on target. And so one of the pilots is saying to this other one is going to shoot, and he's going, stay on target, stay on target. We got a tiny little window. We got to hit it. It's going to be challenging. And so that's his radar. I thought you might want to see a radar. Uh, and that's, that. you know, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far away. So anyway. But I love this phrase, stay on target, and that moment, because it kind of reminds us, you know, in life, we can have, like, you know, that which we believe we should be focused on, purposeful about, uh, orientated towards, but it is always difficult to stay on target. We can have vision and direction and know this is where I'm going, but we all face different forces that seem to want to push us to the left, push us to the right, uh, distract us. Oh, no, what's happening back there? Oh, what's happening over here? And, and one of the great challenges of life is to stay on target. Now, if you're a follower of, of Jesus... Uh, we're going to talk about this today because you know this, uh, you only have to be a, a follower of Jesus for a short amount of time to know he has a purpose for his followers. Jesus himself came and he perfectly lived what it was to know his purpose, his focus, what he was on to do, and he allowed nothing to ever take him off target. And so we're going to look today at what does it mean for us as his followers, how can we stay on target? How can we stay on about the mission he has for us? And, and, and how can we understand that? What are the things that could derail us and take us off? And how can we hold on to that? So we're going to look at a, a famous passage, Mark chapter 1. Uh, we're going to have a look at this, Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 29 to 39. This great. This is right in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his public ministry. Uh, and it says this. He's had a big day. He's been uh, preaching in the synagogue, all kinds of amazing things happening. It says this. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. It's the early days. They're starting to follow Jesus. Now, Simon's mother-in-law uh, was in bed with a fever. This is Simon who becomes Peter. His mother-in-law is in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her. He took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. And that evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. And he also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, next day Jesus, he got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And Simon and his companions, they went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. 
And Jesus replied, let us go. Wherever you are, let me say, let us go. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages. So for this reason, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now, here's what I love about this story and what it shows us about Jesus' understanding of the clarity of his purpose, how he holds on to that. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then we know we are invited to follow him into this. You see, what we see in this story is that at the core of Jesus' purpose is to go. It is to go. And it is to not just go, not just go anywhere, but he says to go and to preach there also. In Luke uh, chapter 4, we get the same account, the same story. And Luke kind of spells out the detail of what Jesus preached or proclaimed. That's what the word means, to kind of share and to share it extensively and publicly. In Luke chapter 4, he says it this way, that I must go to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. To other towns. I got to go everywhere and preach the good news of the kingdom of God because that's why I was sent. You see, this is at the core of what Jesus came for. What we're going to see is this Jesus, he came to share this good news of the kingdom of God and to keep going to everyone who does not yet know about, have heard about, understand yet the good news of the kingdom of God. But often, what can happen is uh, there's all these other people around Jesus who have a great kind of agenda and plan for how he could better spend and invest his time. And, and they look and what they seem to want is, hey, let's stay here. The whole kind of miracle worker thing is going well. And Jesus has to battle this dynamic of kind of what people want him to be, but what he's called to do and how he stays true to that purpose and that mission. You know, as I said, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus very long to kind of have heard and understand this idea that we as Jesus followers are called to go, that we are called to go. Jesus' literal kind of first instruction uh, to his followers, uh, his kind of final parting words is, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go. You're going to go into all the world. You're going to make disciples of all nations. You're going to teach everybody about me and baptize them in my name. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go. You know, Jesus says, you know, you're going to start here locally in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. You're going to go. So we all, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you know this is kind of at the core of what we're called to do. But the challenge is, how do we actually stay true to that target, that purpose, stay focused on it in a world that's always kind of trying to push us from it? And, and, and as we think today about, uh, as you know, it's Alpha Sunday, and, and you're going to hear a little bit more about Alpha is, what we do, why we do that. But at the core of that is it's all about how do we stay true to the calling, the purpose, the target to go. Do you know what's fascinating is there's some research to go. When Jesus says, I got to preach this good news. Let me say good news. Turn to the person next and say, no, 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 it's good news. It's good news. No, no, turn and act like it's good news. Say, I got some good news. You got good news. Jesus says, I'm going to go and preach the good news. This is where we get the word. Uh, the Greek word for good news, as many of you know, is euangelion. It's the word we get evangelized from. And, and so some of us are like, oh, I don't evangelize, not for me. But at the end of the day, Jesus says, there's good news. And so let's take it everywhere. 
Here's some fascinating research that was done on euangelioning in our day to evangelize or sharing the good news. Uh, I've got some, uh, if you look at across generations, here's uh, a few stats about what different generations uh, feel about that good news. I want to show, uh, there's, there's a slide we've got here that shows, we're going to go, uh, go ahead a couple. I want to see the one that shows uh, different perspectives on, here we go. Across the top here, you may be able to see this, the first thing here is part of my faith means being a witness about Jesus. Uh, that's the first one. And across the yellow is the elders generation, the, then the blue is the boomers. Okay, boomers, is that cool? And then the darker blue, 97, thank you, a couple people here. Anyway, 97% Gen X, uh, 96% millennials. Across the board, this is of practicing followers of Jesus. Almost everyone sort of buys into this idea of, yep, a key part of our faith is sharing the good news about Jesus. Doesn't matter how old or young. Down the second thing, the best thing that could ever happen for, to someone is for them to come to know Jesus. 97%, 97%, 97%, 94%, 94%. Almost everybody of faith agrees. This is like the best thing that could happen for everybody. But then all the research would show this, that uh, here's, here's some of the key findings they found. Let's go back to that first one. Nearly half of millennial practicing Christians, this is our, our kind of younger emerging adults, uh, the oldest millennials are getting to be around 40, the youngest are probably in their uh, 20s, nearly half think it is wrong to evangelize, to share the good news. Now 97% feel like, yes, this is like the best news ever, it's part of my faith, but half go, but it would be wrong for me to share that good news in the hope that someone might come to share my same belief. At the same time, uh, two out of three believe having to do that. A strong majority still believe they, that they, this is part of their faith. Okay, so now here's what I want to get. And you can take those away for a moment. And we're not here to beat up on the millennials. Uh, we can tease them later. And um, just kidding. I'm part of a really small category. I read a, a thing that calls it the Zillennials. So I was born in 1978. And they say, you're not really quite. There's only like one paper that does it. But I like that because it helps me to hang on to a younger generation as well. So anyway. I'm not here to beat up on any generation. I'm just here to say, over time, over time, what has happened for people who are followers of Jesus in the kind of Western context, this is in the U.S., it's probably a little bit more developed, I'd suggest to you here in Australia, uh, that, that over time, followers of Jesus, despite believing this is at the core of our faith, over time have been more and more uh, kind of, you know, the turrets and the, uh, the, the kind of lasers coming at us from the culture around us and, and different cultural forces around us and beliefs and things that we've absorbed. Over time, an increasing amount of people have come to think, I don't even think I should share my faith. And, and it's probably, you don't have to be in any one particular generation to recognize the dynamic of knowing, I believe I should, I get that, uh, but I just find it hard. <laughs> How do I stay on target with this? This is at the core. This is Jesus said, this is why I've come. Now, do you see that the reason Jesus had to say to his followers there, this is why I had come, is because what they had been experiencing of him was, we'll call it the miracle working Jesus. The whole first part of that story and scenario was Jesus healing people and, uh, and, and casting out demons and doing signs and wonders, powerful stuff that was transforming lives. And so everybody's like, this is amazing. It's the early days of his ministry. Everybody's like, man, we love miracle-working Jesus. Imagine Simon. They say they go to his house, 
His mother-in-law is there, and she's sick, and Jesus just, like, takes her by the hand. She gets up. She's healed, and then it says she, like, waited. She, like, starts serving them and, and bringing them food and drinks. You're probably Everybody's like, Jesus, you come to my house, too, and this would be amazing. And what's happening here, it's really just this simple reality that he heals her, and in their culture and context and the way that she would have served and, and carried out her role was to offer hospitality, and so out of a heart of gratitude and response, she's offering hospitality now. So everybody, but you know, whether people being healed, all these things, it creates a situation where everybody's like, man, we love miracle working Jesus. But Jesus has to say to him, that, that may be part of, why, part of why I've come. That may be a, a great aspect, but that is not what, that's not the target. That's not why. He says, I have fundamentally come to bring Good news about the kingdom of God to all people. That good news of the kingdom of God is so much bigger than any one miracle or moment. That good news is that there is a God who created all things, that in Jesus he has stepped into this world, that Jesus is actually not just another teacher, not just another miracle worker. He is King Jesus. What's he king of? Everything. The universe. And I can share the good news that he is for you. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He rose again so you could step into the kingdom of God where there is life in all its fullness. That's fundamentally what he came to do. And so we as his followers are fundamentally called to share in taking that good news to everyone everywhere. So why, when we know this is like the core of it, we know this maybe is the best thing that could happen to somebody, why sometimes does it feel so hard? I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I get a little bit derailed and I'm not really staying true to that core. So how can we? Why? You know, there's, I want to give you two quick barriers that I think are challenges for us, and, and we've got to figure out how to overcome these barriers. Does that sound good? Uh, the first barrier is this. It's what I'm going to call the comfort zone barrier. Turn to somebody and say, I love my comfort zone. I love it. You do. I do. That's why it's literally called a comfort zone. <laughs> a comfort zone is where we are comfortable. It's where things are going well. None of us are like, I love that place where I feel nervous, afraid, like I'm on a cliff that could break at any moment. I love that. Love it there. You know, otherwise we call that our comfort zone, you know. The, what you see happen, what, what do the disciples want to do? They want to go, Jesus, uh, they're not interested in going. They're just going, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And the context here is suggesting, they're like, this, we can't believe how good this is going. Why would you think about leaving this, Jesus? Uh, we don't even get why you went away to pray. The whole town's here. Like, we are rocking and rolling. This whole thing is going great. They love us. They love us. They really love us. <laughs> Let's just set up shop. Let's put up a big sign. Let's launch, you know, True North Capernaum. Let's do it. Let's, you know, they're just, this is a comfort zone. It's great because guess what? Everybody's showing up at the door. Everybody loves it. You see, in our lives, we have a different comfort zones, places where it's like, you know, can I just stay here? Because this is really comfortable. It's going good. Like, is, do you know when Jesus, when they would leave and go, not every town did everyone line up at the door. There's moments and times people want to throw them off clips. There's, there's, there, the wild ride they will now go on for the next three years, you know, when they're just like this, they can't get any better than this. Let's just stay here. It's so good. Jesus is going to take them on this wild adventure of going. 
Do you know, we can all have these different ways that just cause our comfort zone to make us want to stay right where we are. We can talk about how we can overcome uh, some of those forces ourselves. So, so, so sometimes we want to stay where we are. We don't want to share. We don't want to go because we just like, let's just stay in our comfort zone. Like, I, man, I love being a part of our tribe at True North. Do you know that? Because I love the people here. I love the heart. I love what I experience here. And it could be so easy to just go, man, it is so good here. Let's not, why would we want to start another campus somewhere else? Like, this is so good. Why would we want to go to the city or the answer? Why was it so good? No, because we must always break out of what is comfortable to keep going. You know, the second, I want to suggest to you one of the second barriers we all have to overcome is what I'm going to call the vision barrier. Turn to the person next to you and say the vision barrier. Here's the vision barrier. In this moment, they, disciples, early on Jesus' ministry, they cannot see a bigger, greater future than what is right in front of them. Their vision has not yet enlarged to the scope of who Jesus is and what his ministry will be all about. They're just thinking, miracle work of Jesus, amazing. People loving it. Uh, Jesus healed my mother, amazing. This, I can't imagine anything better than this. Like, can you, uh, but Jesus is, you know, this whole town, we got like everybody's in on this. Amazing. They had, but their vision, Jesus says, your vision is way too small. Their vision of who Jesus is was way too small. One of the reasons I think we get challenged to talk and believe I should share Jesus with people, one of the reasons I think maybe half of people out there going, I don't even know if I should share this because, you know, is because we just don't have a big enough vision for who he is. We don't believe that, that actually he's not just, hey, this is good what he's done in my life, and that's wonderful what he's done in my life and in your life, but we actually have to be captured by a so much bigger vision that he is king over all. Did anybody see some of the uh, new photos that came from the web uh, telescope this past week? Did anybody see those? Raise your hand. Or, you know, if you, I've got a photo here, this you know, new telescope that has been sent you know, a year or so ago into space. It is taking photos of, this is a picture, it is taking photos at a distance of something like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll just use these numbers because they're way too big to even understand, you know, that this was, some of these photos are 13.8 billion light years ago. A light year, if you're not familiar, is one, is nine million, nine trillion kilometers? I, you know, I don't know. I think Riley made this up. Anyway, one point, these photos are 1.6 million kilometers from Earth. Now, here's what I just want you to look at the beauty and majesty of this. And here's what's happening around planet Earth right now is people everywhere going, this is awe-inspiring stuff. Everything is so much bigger than we ever realized. And I think it's sometimes, maybe for some people, they're like, oh my gosh, this just seems so big. Like, could we possibly matter? Can I tell you, every time I see or we see these extraordinary and beautiful photos of God's creation, I can't help but just think, oh my goodness, how great is our God. Well, I was so, my view of him is so small. Everything I will say to you will not even scratch the surface of a, the tiniest little speck of trying to figure out what does it mean that Jesus is king of the universe? What does it mean that he spoke and said, let there be light and Boom! This stuff happens. My, my, my encouragement to all of us is to realize this. Like sometimes, though, we must constantly revise and, and update and say, Lord, has my vision of you been too small? And one of the greatest temptations, pulls to comfort zone, is Jesus becomes for us. How can he be the miracle worker to fix the problems in my life? 
Now, Jesus fixed some problems in my life, and I'm thankful for that, you know, and I'm grateful for who he is, but I can never be limited. I can never just think, Jesus, you know, there used to be a t-shirt years ago. I don't know if anybody had one, but it said, Jesus is my homeboy. Did anybody have a Jesus is my homeboy shirt? John, you probably did. You're probably selling them. Like, okay, you know. <laughs> they were everywhere. Celebrities were wearing them in Hollywood. It was a big thing. Actually, John, you were like eight. Um, anyway. But they said, Jesus is my homeboy. I love those shirts because you know what? There's something true about it. The idea was like, no, I can actually know Jesus. He can be a part of my life. That is true and critical and important. But if you think Jesus is only your homeboy, <laughs> if you think Jesus is, only, is Jesus your friend, Jesus is our friend, absolutely. But man, he's so much more than that. If, if all you think is Jesus is another miracle worker or Jesus is kind of a help to me in my life, you will not find the motivation it takes to break beyond your comfort zone to share that good news. It's not good enough news. Jesus created the universe, all things in it, and now wants to announce to everyone that he is king and that by believing in him, you can have life in his name and all its fullness. That is the message for everyone. There's no human being alive whose life will not be eternally impacted by grasping the reality of Jesus, king over all. Each one of us can have our lives impacted by knowing Jesus is king. That even in the moments where things don't go as I want and he doesn't miracle work the way I wish he would, no, he is still king and there is still hope and I can have joy like we talked about today. He's king Jesus. You know, he is king Jesus and then he says to his followers, and I want you to be a part of sharing this good news of the kingdom of God with all people everywhere. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, where is Jesus? Jesus is going. He's always going. He's always going to those who have not heard yet. He's always going to those uh, who have not yet stepped into the kingdom. He is going, going, going. We always want to set up shop. We want comfort zone. We want, you know, to think about what he is. But he is going, and we got to follow him there. Turn to the person next to you and say, come on, let's follow him there. Let's follow him there. You are so unenthusiastic. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to follow him there. Just try it out. Maybe you don't believe it, but maybe you will. Try it out. Listen, if you want to follow him there, here's what we do at True North, how we make this reality not just a nice idea, but here's how we actually try to follow him there. And this is, and it goes something like this. We talk about this. Every one of us who want to stay on target, stay on mission, can do three simple things. We can do these day in, day out. We find different times and seasons, but we pray. Let me hear you say pray. pray. We invite. Let me say invite. Yeah. And we tell. Let me hear you say tell. Yeah. If we do these three things, and the research shows people who do these three things are amongst the most effective at sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. We start with these three things. We pray. We pray for people. We pray for God to show us people. We pray for people's hearts to be open. We pray for their eyes to be open, that they could see and perceive the good news of the kingdom of God. We pray for people. We invite people. New Testament is filled with uh, Jesus saying, come and see, and people offering invitations to come and see. We do not need to. One of the reasons I think a lot of people go, I shouldn't, I should like, fit. I don't think I should put, is because we don't want to push our beliefs, and there's nothing wrong with that. But people, no one's ever uh, offended by an invitation when offered in love and kindness. An invitation is just that. Take it or leave it. But I will not, I will not do you the disservice of not even inviting you. You know, and then the last 
idea is also to tell, to talk. So here's how we do these things. At True North, we do, as all of you know, we talk about this three times a year. We have what we call an Alpha Sunday. Three times a year, we run Alpha, a course that is designed to allow people who are interested in exploring faith to sit around a table, eat dinner together, talk with one another, and hear the good news that Jesus is king through uh, the Alpha videos that are fantastic over a time span of about 10 weeks. We do this, here's why, because in today's day and age, in our cultural context, most people who come to faith, it is not an instantaneous coming to faith. Not saying that doesn't happen, it does. It's just not normative. Normally, the most frequent pattern is people getting to taste, experience, and over time, come to believe. That's why at True North, we always talk about you can belong here. You can be around a table. You can be a part of our, our community. People often do best when they belong before they believe. And over time, they get to ask questions. Over time, they work through their concerns. Over time, they get to see, here's how this really looks. This is why we do Alpha. It is one of the most effective ways on planet Earth, around the world, for seeing people get to understand the good news of Jesus. So if you're someone sitting there and you're going, I'm a true, I don't know why we got to have another day talking about Alpha. I don't know why we got to have another time focused on this. If any part of you feels like that, because the core of what Jesus wants for us is to go to those who don't yet know this good news. And this is the most effective way we can find right now. And you see Jesus' hand on this to help people do that. So that's why we do what we do. And now into that, we encourage every person to pray, invite, and tell. Here's what that looks like, all right? And, and here we encourage, some of you have done this. We talked about this as a church. In my phone, I have right now a list of names. These are people in my world, in my circles, who do not yet know Jesus as king. And so I keep that list there. Sometimes I meet people out places, you know, and I try and frequent the same petrol stations, the same shops, the same, uh, you know, kind of places I go because over time you get to meet people and then I can pray for those people and I can, and then, so what I do, I keep a list of people or just different people I come across in life, even friends of friends, all those things. And do you know why? So I can pray for those people because I'm probably not going to convince those people uh, of Jesus as King, but I can pray for those people and pray for the work of God in their heart. And by praying for them, it helps me to start to, you know, be reminded, actually, Jesus is going. Jesus, who are you at work in their life so I can join you there? So that's why we pray. So turn to the person and say, pray. And then the second, what's the second thing we do is we, we invite. And so now, here's what I love about Alpha. Three times a year, we ensure that we don't go off target. Three times a year, we do Alpha, which is 100% focused on the core target Jesus has to bring the good news to everyone everywhere. And so at least three times a year, I know that I can go, yes, let me make sure I'm still on target. Do I have people I'm praying for? And who can I invite? So every time an Alpha party comes around, it makes it real again. Now, I, can, I invite people to Sundays. There's all kinds of things. You can invite people to a Sunday. You can invite people to your connect group. Invite them to different things. Inviting is good all across the board. What I love about this moment, when we invite people this Wednesday, we have an Alpha party. We got burgers. It's a chance to come to meet people, uh, to come to a, a feast-like experience like we see Jesus do in the New Testament. And they can hear about Alpha. So we just got to invite people. And so what I do when it comes around is I, I get my list out, and I often pray, and I go, Lord, who should I invite right now? Who are you laying on my heart? Who do I need to give an invitation to this week? My comfort zone would say, just keep doing what you do every week. 
You don't need to, you know, have the awkward conversation. How many people know it's easy to talk about a, a footy with a lot of people? How many people know it's easy to talk about maybe the, the renovations you're doing on your house? It's easy to talk about all kinds of things. How many people know the moment it starts to feel like, let me talk about church? <laughs> what is that? It's just like we've got to break past. It's got to be comfort zone. We've got to get comfortable there. And so it's great to at least, we only do Alpha three times a year, so there's three chances. We don't want to miss them. So this, you know, and, and here's the beautiful thing about an invitation. This is what one of the people, one of my three, I like to have about three names that I invite to each one because, you know, it just gives me a, a chance to do that. One of the people I want to invite, I've invited before, but I'll go to him, young guy, lives in my neighborhood, I'm going to invite him and say, hey, man, you still, after all this time, haven't been to my church yet. Why don't you come with me Wednesday night? We're doing one of those parties I've told you about, an alpha party. We'll go together. You can get an awesome burger from 115. They're like, you know, they, they get, you know, reviewed online as some of the best in Perth. It's just going to be a great night. You get to meet some of my church. It'll be, I promise it'll be a good time. We'll go together. You hear about alpha. You know, it's for people who don't, interested in faith. So if you're not interested, this would be perfect for you. And I'll just try and invite him and bring him. That's what, the invitations are that simple. There's nothing really awkward or having a push or anything like that. It's an invitation. Do you know what? I've invited, as I said before, he said no. Some of you are here and you're like, I've invited people. They said no. Alpha's research shows that the average person who ends up doing the course must be invited 12 times before they come. So every time I invite, I'm one step closer. And every time you invite someone else, you might get them to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. You'll never meet the person who invited them on 12. One of the things about Alpha is churches everywhere do it, which means when you invite someone to Alpha, they may later get invited to Alpha again at a different church, a different part of the city. They could be somewhere else on planet Earth. And someone's going to invite, and somebody's going to hit that one, and they go, yeah. And if the average is 12, somebody takes 24. <laughs> and somebody takes two. Lord, may they all be twos this week. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you, you know, this is something all of us can do that keeps us on mission, on target, and it's real, and it's easy, and it's actually where we just follow Jesus. That's why we pray first. Lord, you know, is there somebody I can invite? See who he puts on your heart. Give the invitation. You know, I'm gonna I take cards with me. You can pass it on. Here you go. Well, here's the details. You got my number. Let's, you know, let's go. And here's the last thing that I want to talk to you about as well today, and that is this. Tell. So let me say one more time, Tell. I want everybody to just be able to today, no matter what, you're like, what do we do? We do, we pray, invite, tell, okay? That's what we do. That's what we do. That's how we stay on target. And tell is this simple thing you can do, is just start to talk about your faith. And it doesn't mean you got to go, hey, can I, you know, explain to you kind of the, the plan of salvation? Would you mind that? Can I talk to you about your sin? Maybe your shame and your guilt, too. You know, you don't... Can I unpack, you know, I thought in particular, we'll start in Genesis, we'll work our way to Revelation. If you've got a few hours, you know, a lot of people, they, I think, feel like, ah, oh, it's just too much. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, all that. But to tell is to very naturally, but intentionally, but re in a real way, just talk about who Jesus is in your life. And can I tell you, there are so many simple ways you can do this. Sometimes it's just talking about, you know, most people, you'll be at, uh, at work this week or school or somewhere, and somebody will say, what did you do on the weekend? And you'll immediately think, I can either say, hey, I went to church, it was amazing, or you can say, man, Sunday, it was rainy. Anyway, um, you know, you know, every time you have a conversation with someone, you can either kind of bring up, and, and let's face it, if you're part of True North, you're not just coming here on a 
on a Sunday, you're probably involved in a connect group or you're on a team or you're at a team like, like all across our, our week, we interact as a church and have opportunities to share. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm part of this church, this community called True North. And it's amazing how just by being that little bit more open, and, and yours will look different. You know, I, was at, I had a, a senior pastor's uh, conference for our movement, Churches of Christ Western Australia this week. And some of you are like, golly, that sounds even more boring than Star Wars. Anyway, um, no, 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 it was really good. You get to hang with a lot of great people. I got to hang with uh, our good friend, Pastor Phil. And one night, so we all go out for like meals and do different things at night. And so we were out uh, this one particular night and I was in line to order uh, with, with Phil. Uh, another guy named Dave was behind us and, and we get to the front and the guy says, you know, oh, what's your day been like, you know? And so of course I've got that like, hmm. <laughs> so I'm here on a senior pastor's conference and or I could be like, yeah, it was good. How's yours? But I, I try to always, as much as I can, just, you know what? I don't need to, you know, Jesus says you got to be fishers of people. So I'm just always going to leave a little bait. And if somebody's interested, that's fine. It's not my job. To, but I just said to him, oh, we're actually at this um, pastor's conference. So we're pastors and we got this big gathering here. So it's been an awesome day. We've been hanging out and it's amazing. And the guy looks at me and he's kind of a young guy. Uh, he's got, you know, kind of a hipster beard and hat and clothes like way cooler than I would for sure. You know, maybe as cool as John, that kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? And he looks at me and he, uh, so I said, yeah, yeah, so we're pastors, you know. And he says, well, actually, I, we can't censor this quite appropriately. And he says, I don't believe you uh, that you're pastors. And uses a series of expletives to express um, that he didn't believe we were pastors. He's like, no. You know, <laughs> I said, yeah, no, no, we're pastors. And he's looking at me, he's looking at Phil, and he's like, no. And then he used a few more, you know, words, and he's just laughing. He's laughing. I'm like, what, you know, is that, if, like, this is not what you would expect? He goes, y'all rebranded. <laughs> he goes, I was like, hey, I guess so. And um, I said, well, you know, what, what's, what would you have expected? Or what was your, you know, if you had any experience in church, and he, he kind of shared a couple more things. And I was like, oh, my, my name's Dennis Phil. No, and he's like, nah. And he literally keeps going on, like, nah. And he's just using, like, nah, there's no, no way, no way, you know. And I said, no, we are. Now I'm Dean Phil. We chat for a few minutes. Now here's what the thing is. And then I proceeded to unpack all the prophecies, the Old Testament. No, I'm just kidding, you know. <laughs> No, it's just not how it works. This is how we help move people is a step at a time, a bit at a time. And, and we just got to have a great interaction. But can I tell you, the one thing I thought was, and because this was right in the heart of our city, I was like, I can't wait till there's alpha in our city. Because guarantee you, I would have finished that conversation. Bro, you should come check it out. We got an alpha starting in a couple weeks. I can't wait to see you there. And rest assured, I'll be back there. So, you know, but here's why we go as a church. It's why we want to be in Yancha. That's why we want to be in the city. That's why we hold Alpha three times a year and make sure every person has an opportunity to invite because it's just there and it creates a space to just go, this is where Jesus is, so let's stay on target. Let's make it easy for people. I just want to, I just love my, my we just want an Alpha close enough to everybody to make it easy. Wherever you go, someone you can invite. And it's easy. It's right there. You know, the, there's different things. You know, and I know you'll be like, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor. That won't work for me. Everybody has things God's doing in your life, you know. There's, there's something. If we are walking with Jesus in such a way, we know where he's up to in our lives. We've always got something to talk about, to share, not to push, but to be like, man, I was going through this really hard time. And 
man, I'm so thankful I've got a, a, I've got a, you know, church community helps support me through it or, or, you know what, my faith, like just, you know, I know you may not be a person of faith, but man, my, I had this hope that even though it was tough, Jesus, you know, it's just been good for me. That may not be for you, but if you're interested, you know, come along. Can we be those people? Can we stay on target? The whole, our comfort zones. You know, I always, you know, uh, one of the things I'm committed to, I do an alpha, at least one alpha every year, whether someone I invited goes or not. And one of the reasons I do that is because that practice forces me to make sure at least for 10 weeks of the year, I go out on a, on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night and I spend a couple hours with people making sure, would it have been more comfortable to be back home watching Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus? Yes. Would it have been more comfortable to have another free night in my week that feels a little crowded already? Absolutely. But how do I ensure, wait a second, no matter how much the pull of comfort is there, no, Lord, I want to be where you are. I want to invest hours of my time every year. And I believe everything we do, we can be on mission. But we've got to find those things that's like, no, I know no matter what, that's what this is about. That we break through the comfort zone. We learn to be people who are praying, looking for God at work. This is not for pastors. This is not for leaders. This is for followers of Jesus. It's where he is. Let's join him there. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's how we're going to make it real. If you're watching at home, if you're right here in the room, is in the next few minutes, we're going to do the first thing I talked about. We're going to pray. You spend a few minutes just kind of quieting your heart. And here's what I would encourage you to simply pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, is there anybody in my world that you would like me to invite this week to the Alpha Party. To give a simple invitation. You know, I've given you a bit of an example. You'll find your own words. Is there, and see who he brings to mind. Maybe ask him for one or two or three names or faces. Just watch who the Holy Spirit brings to mind. And then when you've got a, a name or one name or two names or three names, we're going to come, and in a few moments, we're going to take communion. We're going to meet with Jesus. But on your way, you're going to come by this table. we got a table right down the front. If you got a piece of paper at home, do it there on your phone, your device. And, but we're going to invite you just to write names. We're going to all write names because i got people I'm praying for. Do you know what encourages me would be the thought this morning that you'd pray for them too? And so we're going to write names on this. If the people that, yep, I think God's put this person on my heart, I'm going to invite them this week. At least get invitation one done. So four years from now, you can hit 12. <laughs> might as well, no time like the present. But pray. And then you're going to write names of people that you might invite this week. If you don't want to put a name, you can put initials. Uh, but put something that represents them. Because then you're going to pray for the person. And then we're going to all pray together for them. And we're not going to feel any pressure about the invitations or hoping they can. We're just going to go, wow, Jesus, I just want to see you work in this person's life. This isn't a burden. This isn't a, hey, we should do better. This is just... Let's just join Jesus where he is. We don't take Jesus to people. He's already there. We're just trying to say, Lord, who, who are you inviting me to be your hands and feet to? Who are you inviting me to invite along? So you're going to pray, see who Jesus lays on your heart, then write their name. You can grab, there's the invitation cards there, the details. You can pass it to somebody. It's always handy to have that sometimes. And once you've done that, you're gonna, you can take communion if you're uh, wanting to be a you know, meet with Jesus that way. They can grab communion over here. There's some that are sealed up. Uh, there's the, the crackers that are out, whatever you prefer to take. And you can take it, you know, on the sides of the room, the back of the room. You can pray near the front. But while you're taking communion, thank Jesus for all he's done for you. Thank him for how big and great he is. Let him lift your vision. And pray 
for those names of who he's at work in their lives. And then after we've all taken communion together, this tribe of believers focused on loving Jesus and loving others, we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray over all these names. We're gonna see what God might do in their lives as we seek to be those people who just stay on target and follow him. I wanna pray for you right now as you head into this time of meeting with Jesus, allowing his Holy Spirit to speak to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you in this moment that this is not about anything we need to do to earn anything or anything like that, that we come full of joy and peace because Jesus, you are our King. We see the bread and the cup that remind us it has all been accomplished and you are the King on your throne today. And our desire in this moment is that we might be on mission with you. So I pray that in the next few minutes, you would lay on each of our hearts some faces and some names of people who we can be praying for, we can be inviting, that they might experience the transformation of life of knowing that you are king, king over all. Take this next few minutes, listen, pray. When you feel ready, come forward, write the names, grab your communion, and we'll pray together in just a little bit. invite you just to stand up. In this moment, we're going to pray together, together as a people. You know, everybody's names are here, and we're just going to pray over these names. If you want to be a part of this prayer, I just invite you to, uh, in this moment, you can stretch out a hand. It's just a way of saying, Lord, has joined my voice, my heart, my spirit, and lifting up each of these people. If you want to pray out loud, you can pray out loud, but together we're going to pray for the work that God can do each one of these lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you in this moment. You know every name, every story. Lord, no matter how much we love these people in our lives, you love them more. And so, Lord, we thank you today for your extraordinary love. We thank you for your extraordinary grace that found each one of us. We thank you that we don't come telling people what they need to do. We get to come trying to help people understand what's been done for them. Lord, I pray for each one of these names. Lord, we have written them before you. Your heart, we believe your spirit has led us to these names and we pray together in Jesus' name that you might uh, put your anointing, the anointing of your Holy Spirit on every invitation that goes out. Lord, whether people respond with a yes or a no, I pray that you would empower every person who uh, feels called to step out of their comfort zone and give that invitation. Lord, let your spirit just, just give them that power and let them know something fresh of the joy to be on mission with you. Pray you relieve any stress or pressure that makes us think it's about us or whether we say it right or do it right. And just remind us you're ahead of us, before us. You love them. And we just want to get uh, right behind you to be a part of what you're doing. So, Lord, I pray this week as invitations go out, friends to neighbors to family members, 
to people who you have, you've put us in their lives to be your hands and feet. God, would you work in such a way that many people would take a step closer to knowing who you are. Others, this would be that moment. This would be invitation 12 or the symbolic invitation 12. For others, that it would be that one, two, or three or the beginning of a new journey. But Lord, in each one of these lives, may your Holy Spirit go before us. Show us where you're at work that we might join you there. And Lord, may we see you do wonderful things. Wonderful things in people's lives. That you, King Jesus, would be glorified. Would be glorified for who you are. It's in your name we pray these things together with a unified heart. And everybody who agreed said, amen, amen, amen. You know what? The thing that drives us and and leads us and calls us and pulls us is how great Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so we're gonna finish today just reminding, as I said, you know, sometimes we just need to be reminded. We need our vision relifted to be reminded that this is who Jesus is. We're gonna sing this incredible song, Oh Praise the Name, and I just encourage as we sing it, as we together lift up the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, of who Jesus is and what he's done, can it remind you? Let it kind of lift your heart and your spirit, get a smile on your face, get some joy in your step. Let's get some energy up here, come on. We're about to sing about Jesus. We're about to sing of what he's done. And we wanna celebrate that and we're gonna go out full of faith and hope and joy and who Jesus is. Come on.